Welcome to Life in Purple, providing you with the latest from women entrepreneurs, amazing mums, human interest stories, and celebrity guests. Your host, Laura Sprague, discusses women's topics such as success, empowerment, perseverance, lifestyle, and much more. Laura also offers a fun and unique perspective while providing listeners with valuable tips on how to successfully conquer the many issues women may face. Come experience your life in purple. And now, here's your host, the life coach with the most, Laura Sprague. Hello, Lip Talk Nation. Welcome to Life in Purple. I'm your host, Lara Sprague, and thank you so much for listening to this episode. Before I introduce our feature guest, I just want to say I hope that you've been able to listen to our previous episodes, especially our most recent ones, including Elliot Costello, who's the founder of the Polished Man Campaign, and Ross Rosenberg, award-winning author of the Human Magnet Syndrome, and of course, my story, and many other who are living a life in purple. If you have gleaned any value from our amazing guests so far, visit liptalknation.com and there you will find more resources such as our blog, coaching, and much, much more. On our show today, we have an an inspirational entrepreneur and an amazing mom. She has proved herself as a successful career woman and is now the community director of the March of Dimes in her area. This confident and on top of her game woman is helping women across the nation using her story to help those who share the same experience. Dan and Bird has quite the story of how she overcame preterm labor and having her baby way too soon. But I'm going to let Dannon tell us about it. So Dannon, thank you for taking the time to share your story on Life in Purple. Welcome to the show. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you so much for that wonderful intro. I'm so glad to be with you this morning. Well, Dana, we certainly appreciate it. And I can't wait to share your story uh, with Lip Talk Nation because you have such a valuable experience. And so before we get started, I just want to ask you, Dana, if you would just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. So maybe where you came from and how you got your start as a career woman. Yeah, sure. Actually, you know, my story as it relates to the work that I do for the March of Dimes goes back to 2010. And I am personally vested in what I do for the March of Dimes because my personal experience truly changed my life. And so in 2010, um, I found myself in my first pregnancy. It was an exciting time. And so like most first-time moms do, I was doing everything by the book, what to expect when you're expecting, and made sure I was taking my vitamins and going to my doctor and all of these things in order to help me have a healthy baby. And so everything was progressing normally um, until I hit the 21-week mark. And for those who don't know, a normal full-term pregnancy is 40 weeks long. So I was just beyond the halfway point. And until that point, as I said, everything had been wonderful. And so as I was cooking breakfast one morning... My water broke, and I was at home, and I didn't know what to do, and so I called my mom, like all of us do. You know, we still rely on mom for all of the uh, helpful advice in pregnancy, and so I called my mom, and she said, Dannon, you need to call your doctor and go to the hospital, and so I did, and whenever I got there, the news that I got 
just was shattering. And it was that I, my water had broke and that I would go into preterm labor, um, that I would deliver my daughter, but that I would not be taking her home with me. And the thought of becoming a mom went out the window and the hope that this pregnancy would go as we had all dreamed changed very, very quickly. And so um, they put me in a hospital room and this is all, of course, happening so fast that there wasn't time to process it or ask questions or really kind of think about what was happening. But they put me in a room and placed me basically with my feet over my head upside down in a hospital bed. And there I was to stay until I started having contractions and would deliver my daughter. And so the next morning, I remember the doctor peeking his head around the door and saying, oh, you're still here? And um, almost in a very surprised kind of way. And so we, he came in and sat down and we had a conversation. And that was when he told me that, you know, doctors don't consider a baby to be viable, and I'm using my air quotes here, viable until you hit the 24-week gestation. And so I knew at that point that I had three very critical weeks ahead of me if we were going to be able to bring our daughter home. And so we prayed for a miracle. That was all that we knew to do. And we prayed for a miracle and, and decided to count up the days. So that day I was 21 weeks and a day. And the next day I was 21 weeks and two days. And so we counted there um, with the goal of making it to 24 weeks so that my daughter would have a chance. And um, so fast forward 20 days later, still staying in a hospital bed and doing all the things in your normal life that you would do from a hospital bed. Um, the doctor checked and he said, what has happened is that your daughter's foot has come down, her cord is prolapsed, and that this is a true emergency now. And so what I always dreamed of as a parent to be the happiest day of my life, becoming a mom, quickly turned into the scariest. And there are many things that I actually don't remember from the delivery. Um, but Shaylee was born at 23 weeks and four days, so just prior to the what doctors consider to be viable. She was only a pound and two ounces when she was born. And the first time that I went to go into the NICU to see her, um, my mind was blown away because until that point, I had never heard of another family who had their baby born this soon and this early. And whenever I walked into our NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit, there were 55 babies there who were struggling and trying to fight for their lives just like Shaylee was. And so we spent the next 120 days there going through a journey of ups and downs. And, and finally, Laura, you know, you've, you've seen the pictures of Shaylee. You know, we got to bring her home. Um, after a very long four-month stay in the NICU. And really, this um, experience made me realize my passion and my purpose, and it made me want to use my voice to now help other families and to help them through similar experiences and really to affect change and to help more babies be born healthy and help further the March of Dimes mission. Dan, and you just painted a graphic picture for all of us. Lip Talk Nation, did you just hear her story? She was told that her baby wasn't going to survive. She was told that, you know, she mentioned by the doctor, you are still here. And I know many of you out there listening probably have experienced something very similar or know someone who has experienced this. So Dannon, I know that you told me that you were told to make funeral arrangements because Shaylee was not going to survive. So I want to know what was going through your mind when that was said to you. 
<laughs> it was sort of mind-numbing. I don't know really that anything was... You could hear what the doctors were saying, but it was kind of like the Charlie Brown syndrome, the wah, 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 wah. And so there wasn't time for me to truly process what they were saying medically. What I knew in my mind was that I could not give up. And if I gave up, that she had no chance to make it. So really just sort of positive reinforcement in my mind and knowing that that whole speak it into existence and that that I envisioned holding my baby and, and as a healthy child and that I envisioned her at home. And, and honestly, like at the halfway point in pregnancy, we had just started to look at, you know, how the nursery was going to be set up and picking out cribs and picking out themes. But in my mind, I remember being in a hospital bed and envisioning what her room looked like and being there caring for her and nurturing her as a healthy baby. And I knew that we had to keep our minds focused on those thoughts in order to get there. I am in awe with you already, Dannon. You know, your baby was born, Shaylee, at 23 weeks and four days old. You gave us a lot to chew on, you know, because how Shaylee had to stay in the hospital for so long and how many babies were also with Shaylee. You know, you mentioned 55 babies. So I'm going to ask you a personal question here, Dannon. What was it like, or can you describe what it was like to hold Shaylee when she was first born? You know, it was... It was a long, it took us a long time to get to that point. Most babies, whenever they're born, you know, the mom is uh, there, the baby's delivered, and mom holds the baby immediately. And for us, it was a different experience. And it took three weeks for us to get to that point where she was stable enough for me to actually hold her. And so she was a pound and seven ounces at that time. And it was the first time that I really felt like I could be a mom. And so, for a lot of NICU families, they struggle with that bonding experience because a lot of times it is several weeks, and sometimes it's even longer than we had to wait um, to be able to hold your baby for the first time. And so what we did was something called kangaroo care, and that's where the mom or the dad um, placed the baby skin to skin inside their shirt. And it really has, research has shown just the amazing outcomes of doing kangaroo care with these tiny little preemies or micro preemies. And it was a bonding experience for the two of us. I was overcome with emotion just immediately. It was, it's indescribable to have to wait that long. And then you finally get to hold your baby and you feel like a parent for the first time. It was a wonderful experience that I just will never, ever forget. Okay, I'm going to take a moment and speak to Lip Talk Nation, Dannon. Lip Talk Nation, did you hear her story? This is all about a story of patience and perseverance, and obviously there was a fighter spirit. So, Dannon, because this hits home for so many out there, I want to know if you sense that fighter spirit within your daughter, because clearly you represent your own fighter spirit. So did you know that when you held your daughter that first time? Did you know that she had a fighter spirit? Yeah, you know, I actually knew this from day one, that Shaylee was a fighter. And um, how ironic is this? Now looking back at things, one week before my water broke, I went to the to a doctor for an ultrasound. And it was the funniest, you know, little picture 
that was taken at that time, but it turned out to mean so much more just a few days later where they were scanning me and they caught an image of her, what looked like to be flexing, like her, you know, her bicep, like that's how the picture looked. And it was funny at the time, but whenever I was admitted to the hospital, what I did was put, I blew up that image of the ultrasound and I stuck it on the wall and it was my focal point. And what it told me was she was a fire. She's strong and like, hey mom, I got this. You know, we're going to, we're in this and we're going to fight and we're going to persevere. And so it really was my focal point. And, you know, that image to me is what kept me going for those 20 days whenever I was in the hospital um, before she was born. And sort of my motto, I guess, that I discovered in the days after was that I found strength through this experience that I never knew that I had personally. There's a saying that you never know how strong you are until being strong is the only option you have. And it's absolutely true. And we lived it out. And looking back now, you know, there were people who would message me during the the time that Shaylee was in the NICU and say, oh, Dannon, you know, you're so strong. I admire you for your strength. And, And to me, it was just doing what had to be done. And you just kept your strength going for one more day. You didn't know how you were going to get there, but you did. And looking back, it was a truly life-changing experience and one that I think we have come out of the end of being better. Okay, so Dannon, I really got to say that this wasn't an accident, that when you went to the doctor to have the sonogram and you had that picture that your daughter was flexing her arm to show you that she was strong. I love that, and I don't think that was an accident. And then you took that picture and you put it up in your hospital. What a fighter spirit both of you have. And it it seems like you both have a, a beautiful bond because of this. And I love how you are taking this story to help so many women. And I know that you have shared with me some of your difficult times from your past, you know, being a career woman and suddenly you had your life change directions and had to move back in with your mom. So basically you had to start all over. And I really want Lip Talk Nation to grab a hold to this next question and your answer. But you are certainly a shining light to so many now because of this, especially with your position working for the March of Dimes. Will you share with the listeners what you were telling yourself to keep going? Did you say any affirmations? Because that's a huge part of of what we do in our healing process here. But I want to know specifically, how did you stay positive? Yeah, you know, I think one of the things that a lot of families who experience having a preemie baby is it's almost natural to blame yourself. And you really cannot do that because, you know, I I wanted nothing more than to be a mom and to nurture and to love a baby. And, and you know, I always thought that I would be a good mom. And, and now it seemed like the opportunity to be that was out of my hands. But you can't live that way. You can't blame yourself for things, even whenever you feel like your body has failed you and your body has failed your baby. What I really got down to the bottom, rock bottom, and I had to just realize that this was out of my hands. I had to let God use me. I knew that there had to be some reason for him taking me down this road, for this journey that we were on. 
I had to let him use me uh, and really just live out the purpose that he has planned. And so whatever your listeners are going through, everything happens for a reason. Everybody says it. Everybody, you know, hears it. But do you really believe that whatever you're going through right now, that what could be revealed very soon to you is what your purpose is? And so whatever you're struggling with and whatever is weighing heavy on your heart and your mind right now, give it up and just let God use you to show you what your purpose is. Because it may just blow your mind that one day you're sharing your story on a podcast, on a radio show to inspire other people. You know, that's the point that I'm at in my life, that I'm now able to turn things around, something that could have been a tragic situation for us and, you know, a very negative, very dark time and turn around and use it to inspire other people, encourage other people and be able to live in your own purpose and, and share your passion. Dannon, you just hit the nail on the head because you said you can't blame yourself, no matter the tragedy, Lip Talk Nation, that you're going through. This is something that I even say, you can't blame yourself. And Dannon said, it even feels like that you have no control over your body. It even feels like your body failed you. And that, I think, resonates with going along as you punishing yourself, Dannon. And I love how you pointed that out because then you said you encourage others. Then you said to trust God. God has a purpose. And then you challenge the listeners, and I'm going to challenge them as well, to believe it. It's very easy to say, Dan, and I really, really appreciate this part of your story because it had nothing to do with you. Everything was out of your hands. And what a beautiful picture you represent and you set the example for trusting God. Lip Talk Nation, even if it feels like your body failed you. Wow, Dan, and thank you so much for that answer. All right, well, what was the moment like when you realized Shaylee was going to be okay? Will you describe that for the listeners? It's funny, they, they talk about in the NICU, the NICU roller coaster, and the one step forward and two steps back where you feel like you're making progress and you feel like you're getting closer to going home and then something happens and you have a setback and you're back at day one. And that happened several times for us. And at one point when Shaylee was a month old, um, she was still less than two pounds. She had um, a valve issue with her heart and it's called a PDA. And so the, we had a consult with the cardiac surgeon and they came in and they said, you know, we've taken a look at all these scans and we really feel like this is what's going to help set Shaylee on the track to overcoming, you know, getting off of the ventilator and improving her stats and all of these things. And we really feel like this is what she needs. And so that was probably one of the scariest days whenever, as a mom, I signed a consent for a doctor to go in and perform a surgery on my baby's heart, who still was a month old and less than two pounds or right at two pounds. But we believed that that's what she needed. And so whenever we sat in the, uh, we sat in the waiting room and watched the clock and whenever the surgeon came in, she sat down and she said, you know, we had to abort the surgery because um, she was desatting and, and we, we almost lost her. We had to, we had to pull out. We're going to reevaluate things. And so we really felt like that was what she needed to push her on 
to where we could feel like she was going to make it. And whenever the doctor told us that they had to abort the procedure, it was crushing. And so we were back again at day one. And there was a point at right before discharge. So she was about four months old. We were about 115 days into um, this NICU ride. And they came in and said, okay, well, we're just going to do one last MRI on her brain just to double check, make sure everything's good. And so um, here we are, 115 days into the fight, and they come back and they say, oh, it looks like she has some pretty severe brain bleeds, and that may inhibit some of her developmental growth. And so you may be faced with things like cerebral palsy or, you know, we don't know that it's going to, how it may affect her ability to read or to walk or talk. And so, you know, just play this out. And so, again, at the 115-day mark, um, again, we were crushed and brought back to day one. And to be honest with you, Laura, it probably was after we were home and she hit her first birthday, a full one year later, um, where I finally felt like I could let my guard down and know that my baby was going to be okay and that she was going to make it. So, you know, sometimes good things take time. And uh, so for us, that was that was finally my point was a year later where I felt like I could let, let down my guard a little. Dannon, there is so much strength behind your voice, and I'm sure the listeners right now can hear it. And I, again, am, am standing in awe listening to you, to your story, and how vulnerable you are sharing this part, you know, because of Shaylee, they told you they had to stop the surgery. I mean, I can't even imagine that moment when you thought, oh man, this could be it. And then they had to do the MRI with the brain bleeds. And then again, you're like, what is going on, you know, with the thought that there could be problems with Shaylee's growth, you know, development growth. And, and you just said, good things take time. On that very first birthday, you finally took your sigh of relief. Now I know that Shaylee just had a birthday. So will you tell the listeners how old your daughter is? <laughs> yes, I am so excited. She is now five and she is healthy and doing well and doing everything that the doctors never thought she would be able to do. And she's more than caught up um, on all of her development skills. She actually just got a note sent home from the teacher last week that she is reading. She's now in kindergarten, but she's reading on a second grade level. So not only has she exceeded all that they thought she would do, she's doing even more. Well, definitely, Shaylee is a gift that she's going to be to the world because she's reading at a second grade level in kindergarten with the odds against her. That I'm just smiling so big. I hope the listeners are smiling so big and clapping for this moment, you know, and you as a mom, to be her mom and to know that God has a huge plan for you. So again, this is just very exciting to me. So I know many successful people start off their journey admiring the work of others. So who are some of your heroes, Dannon? My mom, everybody grows up in just, well, not everyone, I guess. I'm blessed that I have a wonderful mom who um, worked really hard. She was a single mom. And so, you know, I've just always admired her strength. She just has always kept things going for our family and has always been that shoulder for me to lean on uh, whenever I needed her. She is absolutely my hero. But, you know, now it's funny that actually Shaylee is my hero. 
That's so beautiful. I, I think I'm right there with you. That's such a great answer. You know, she really um, saved me. Yeah, she, you know, Shaylee, Shaylee saved me. I think she, I was never on this path of envisioning myself involved at all with a nonprofit. And so I was growing up, I went to school to be a paralegal and was on that track and I was making money and I was happy. Um, and the only thing that happened was that now I was going to be a mom, but you know, never did I, I always envisioned myself as a working mom doing what I went to school to be. And now this whole experience has changed our lives completely to where now I work for a nonprofit that put the work into being able, the medicine side, the research side of being able to save her life. I know that she is a miracle from God being born before the point of viability, but, but from the medical side of things, the March of Dimes really put in that research and contributed to her being here and her being healthy. Um, and so this J-O-B for me really is just a way for me to be able to share our story and be a voice for other families who have a similar experience. Um, and, you know, like I said, never envisioned myself leading a nonprofit, but every day I see and hear similar stories of other blessings and other babies that are miracles too. Well, you certainly are a blessing to me and I know to the listeners right now, Danon, because you are, are representing strength and perseverance and patience and that really resonates with myself and with the listeners. So um, I want to ask you, what are some things you would love the listeners to understand about premature births? Great question. I want people to know that you're not alone and that this happens probably far more often than what people on the street realize. One in 10 babies are born too soon. And so uh, the reason that you don't hear a lot about this is because it's a very private matter. You know, whenever we came home from the NICU, I wasn't out pounding, you know, on people's doors telling them what a tragic situation it was in the NICU. So, um, you know, the March of Dimes mission has three parts to prevent premature birth, birth defects, and infant mortality. And, you know, if your baby is one that's born with a birth defect, even a simple, something that can be corrected, like um, a cleft palate or a cleft lip that's easily corrected through a simple procedure, again, you don't talk about it because you want to have that surgery for your baby, and you never want them to be looked at as different than another child their age. And so, again, it, it just sort of gets swept under the rug and not talked about enough. And then, you know, Laura, I don't know many families who have what it takes to stand in front of a room of strangers and talk about how much grief that they had to bear as they held their child that passed. So whenever you experience a loss, it's very internalized and not talked about. And so, you know, for me, I think it's about being a voice for those families, being an advocate for the babies, and encouraging other families to do the same thing and to stand up and talk about it. The month of November is Prematurity Awareness Month, so I would invite you and all of your listeners to help raise awareness for premature birth and join us on November 17th for World Prematurity Day and Wear Purple, which, you know, how perfect is the tie-in there for life and purple? Wear Purple 
for preemie babies on November 17th. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I was about to. Yes, we are living a life in purple. And how awesome is that, that the March of Dimes chose purple for their um, awareness as well. And I can't imagine how people don't talk about it. Well, actually, I can. I used to be that way and not talk about it and how the feelings can cause even more pain when you're not talking about it. And so you just said you are not alone. Lip Talk Nation, did you catch that? One in 10 babies. I really thank you so much, Dannon, for pointing this out to us just to raise awareness and to raise the support, you know, for people to start talking about it. All right. Could you, I know that you just told us um, the statistic of one in 10 babies, but what is the survival rate? And can you tell us that, you know, for these babies? Sure. Yeah. The So again, five years ago, whenever Shaylee was born, the point of viability at that time was 24 weeks gestation. And even at that point, only about 5% of babies that were born that early survived. So what the March of Dimes has done actually since um, it's been about 60 years ago now, we've been able to move the point of viability back a week for every decade. So where babies that were born 40 years ago at 28 weeks would have been the point of viability. Now we've moved it to 24 weeks and into 23 weeks now, of course, babies are surviving. And I have, in some cases, even heard of 22-weekers making it. Those babies really have beaten the odds. And as we continue, you know, with our research and moving our mission forward, I believe that more babies will actually be born healthy, and the ones who are born um, premature will be able to help those babies survive as well. You just gave us some great information, Dannon. I want to thank you so much for this. I'm going to be helping you in November, and I can't wait to get the message out on November 17th. And I just want to say thank you so much for sharing this part of your story. So now, Dannon, we're going to move on to a lightning round, and we're going to get to know you on a different level. So I'm going to ask you some questions, and all you got to do is answer the first thing that comes to your mind. So are you ready? Dannon. I'm ready. Okay. My favorite question. If you could have a superpower, what would it be? I want to see into the future. I am a planner. And so if I can see into the future, then I know what I need to do today in order to be ready for tomorrow. Boom. That's a really great one, Dannon. (laughs) Awesome. I love it. All right. So how do you like your coffee or tea? Because some people aren't coffee drinkers. How do you like them? If anybody out there, you know, if you've known me for about three minutes, you know that I am a coffee addict. I love my Starbucks. I am addicted. And so every day I go through the drive-thru and here's my order. I want a grande iced, non-fat, cinnamon dolce latte with light ice to keep the whip. You are so specific, woman. That is awesome. Lip Talk Nation, did you catch that? You can send some gift cards to her along the way, too. (laughs) That's really awesome. Um, All right. So, Dannon, could you tell us about your most embarrassing moment? Yeah. um, I was at the gym. This was probably 10 years ago, but still to this day is horrifying to me. Um, I was working out and doing squats and... My wind pants just ripped right up the seam. And so I'm pretty sure everyone in the gym got to see what I had on that day. And as I walked to the front, I bought a long sleeve shirt, tied it around my waist, and couldn't even – I just had to go home. I had to leave. Oh. It was it was awful. 
Oh no. Okay, so um I'm sure that was took a little bit to recover from walking out of there, but um Hey, maybe look up Nation if you got a story like that, will you share that with me cuz I want to know uh let Dana know that she's not alone. Check that there out. There you go. I couldn't I couldn't walk back in the gym for like 2 weeks. It was so embarrassing. Oh, but you are a survivor. I hear strength in your voice, Dan, and you are so strong. All right, so are you a shoes or are you a bag lady? I love my shoes. I, You know, bags have never been my thing, but I will rock a pair of heels. Oh, okay, what's your favorite color shoes? Oh, purple, of course. Of course. I love it. I have a purple car. I mean, like, I invested into this life in purple. I drive a purple car. I love it. This is so great, Dannon. <laughs> Uh, you're making me smile bigger and bigger right now. Okay, so what's your favorite movie? You know, I'm not a big person, a big movie person. I think it's because I like to move around so much and always doing something. So sitting in a movie theater for about two or three hours just kind of isn't my thing. But the one type of movie you will catch me watching is comedy. So, I mean, like, you know, some of the classics. Uh, brothers and even Napoleon Dynamite. I mean, just a silly, really kind of corny, just to have a good laugh, good comedy, comedy movie. Dan and I think you and I are right there on the same page. I'm going to watch a comedy movie with you because that's my favorite. Check that out. Okay, again, this question right here that I'm about to ask you, I ask all my guests and I really love their answers. So I have to ask you, how does your toilet paper roll, top or bottom? Oh my gosh, it's got to go over the top. If it's going from the bottom, I will change. Like, honestly, if I'm in a friend's house, I, this is crazy, Laura. If I'm at a friend's house and their toilet paper rolls from the bottom, I will turn it around and I will correct it for them so that it comes over the top. Dannon, I is believe that you. That's so funny. <laughs> you are not alone. <laughs> Just so you know, on this one, you are not alone. A lot of the guests say top. So that's very interesting about you. So if she comes and visits your house, listeners, make sure your toilet paper is on the top. All right. So thank you so much, Dan, and I really appreciate it. So on a final note, for our listeners going through their own obstacles but want to conquer them, what advice would you give them? Never give up. Never give up, dig down, look to God, seek what it is that he's trying to use you for. And whenever you find that, just, you know, live your life to the fullest, live in your purpose and never give up. Know that there is something bigger than you who has a plan for your life. God has created you uniquely for a reason, and it may take 10, 20, 30, it may take 50 years for you to figure what it is out that he has planned for you, but whenever you can live your life in your purpose, it is a truly wonderful thing and a blessing. Okay, so you just pointed out, again, the perseverance and the patience when you gave this answer, and I love, Dan, and how you said, live in your purpose. Lip Talk Nation, I have to ask you, are you living in your purpose? Such great advice, Dannon. Thank you so much for letting us get to know you as a successful community director with the March of Dimes. And most importantly, as a mom, you are definitely living a life in purple. Will you share with the listeners where they can learn more about you and how they can get involved with raising awareness for premature births with the March of Dimes? 
Yes, absolutely. So you can find more about Marcia Dimes at marciadimes.org, and there are fundraising walks going on around the country. Um, you can find more about those, our March for Babies walk at marchforbabies.com. If you happen to be in Pensacola and would like to reach out to me, or if you have a question about Marcia Dimes and need to contact me, my number is 850 850- Four six two seven seven five six. Will you say your number one more time? Yep, it is eight five zero four six two seven seven five six. And I would love to hear from your listeners, whether it's a question about the March of Dimes, or if you want to contact me and share your story. Um, if you have something, maybe you experienced a premature birth, or maybe you just uh, want to just take. I want to hear from you guys. So if you are a listener right now and you want to contact me again, it's eight five zero four six two. Seven seven five six. Absolutely, Dan, and let's raise awareness together. Thank you once again, Dan, and for spending time with us at Life in Purple, where the broken can heal and the successful can conquer. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, Dan, and hearing your story and letting our listeners glean value from your experience. Okay, Lip Talk Nation, if you have enjoyed this episode or any of our previous episodes, I would love to hear from you. If you're an iPhone user, go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And for our Android users, send me a quick email to lara at laurasprague.com. We certainly appreciate you and we'll see you soon. And as always, what you say is what you become.